Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. So, you guys know this is Elevate Youth Sunday. From all the elevators back there. Elevators, that's all good and that's cool and everything, but uh, every time we have Elevate Youth Sunday, it seems as if, why don't we have a Senior Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not talking about senior in the sense of AARP or. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying, those of us that are a little bit older, or may have parented the young people that are here now. Okay. So I'm going to talk to some of us. I'll put it this way: more seasoned Christians. Hallelujah. Yes, everybody knows when, when something marinates, it tastes much better, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Let it sit for a day, God. Yes, soak, soak in the seasons. So, yeah, got to marinate that stuff, man. Everybody knows lasagna tastes better the next day. It, when it's a little bit older, wine is better with time. Praise God. And I don't know if you guys notice already, <laughs> when you look around the building, predominantly, we're a young church. I have a lot of pastors and everything. They're saying all this stuff. They're saying stuff like, man, you got a really young church. That's good that you get a lot of young adults and youth in there. And I'm like, yeah, that we do. Um, we have people come to go, hey, do you have a young adults ministry? And I'm like, our church is pretty much a young adults ministry. It, there's young people. We don't need to have a young adults ministry. And, and, and that's good. And we got a lot of young families. And uh, we have to understand, though, even with these young people, we are a church that is on the move. We're a church that is full of the Spirit of God, and we're here to make an impact on our community. Okay? Now, I want to talk, so if you guys are under 40 today, maybe you're almost at 40, I can include you today, but if you're some of you young people in here right now, you get next service, but since you're listening, I'm not talking to you this morning, I want to talk to some of us older people today excuse me, seasoned Christians that are in here today. I want to talk to some of us that actually remember, uh, like, new episodes of Gilligan's Island. Can, can, I, can, can, can I talk to somebody that remembers the banana splits? It, it, it wasn't just an ice cream. It was a show that came on on Saturday. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about here? You couldn't wait for the next episode of the Brady Bunch. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking... That's who I'm talking to this morning. I, I, I want to talk to some of us that actually got to watch the 49ers win their last Super Bowl. Come on. I'm just being honest. <laughs> All of us in here, I want to talk to you today that are asking, where do I fit in in the scheme of things of this young church? What part do I play? I see all these young people running around, and, and they're doing great things, and they're full of energy and, and things like that. And, and, and I'm going to encourage you guys today, and I'm going to show you where we fit in because you can't have just a bunch of new people, young people running around. I'm telling you. They'll go crazy. They're already crazy. 
So let me, let me, let me encourage you today. In the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9, it's a very familiar scripture, but I'm going to read it to you from the New King James. It says, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than its former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Now, let me just tell you. So we, we could say it like this. Your latter days shall be greater than your past. Your future days will be greater than what they were before. So what God's saying of this house, what it used to be when it was young, it's going to be greater when it's old. So what does that mean? That we need some older people in here for these younger people. Because these younger people need to get to the old place. These younger people need to get seasoned. And guess who does the seasoning? Yeah, come on now. Uh, now, I, I'm, I, let me tell you something, okay, just real quick. I learned how to cook from my mother. But nobody cooks like my mother. I can season things, but my mom really could season things. It's like, what do you do? You ever ask your mom a, 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 or, your, or your father, whoever does the cooking, what, what's the recipe? How do you put that together? They be like, well, you take a little bit of this here, and, and then you take that right there. And, you, and you're like, no, I need measurements. And they're like, well, what do you need measurements for? Just, but just, just shake. I know. Just pinch here, dash, shake. No, okay, it needs a little bit of that. Where does that come from? Experience. Ooh, I'm getting somewhere. So what this scripture is telling us, listen, listen all you seasoned Christians in here. This scripture is telling us you're needed, you're valuable, and you're essential for the success of the spiritual growth at the Building Christian Fellowship. Now, I'm not just saying this just to be saying this. I'm saying it because I'm considered seasoned here. Yes, ma'am. See, some of y'all don't know. The reason why, <laughs> reason why Don's saying it is we went to school together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, no, listen. I'm saying this because many scriptures in the Bible, they speak of the older saints doing great and mighty works in the church. Older saints, not just young. We always talk about young David. We talk about, you guys, you guys know that John the Baptist was probably like 15 years old when he went out into the wilderness, began to preach and make way for the coming king. Do you guys realize that? 15. Do you realize that? But what about the old people? Let me unfold some scripture for you. Joel chapter 2, 28 through 29. Really good scripture. You guys heard this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men, I should get amen at that point. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servant and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, let me break this down. Number one, God said, I will pour out my spirit. Now, I believe God is still pouring out his spirit. We just have to be in position to receive the outpouring. You guys understand that? If I, if I start pouring this, it's available to everybody, but you can't get it from where you're sitting. You got to get it where the pouring out is happening. So many people are looking for God to come to them. Listen, 
Christ already came to us. It's time for us to come to him. Come ye all that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He tells you to come to him. So when God's beginning to outpour his spirit, he just don't outpour it on everybody. Even though it says, I will pour it out on all flesh, that means all that are his. There's a doctrine that goes around where people are saying, well, you know, everybody's saved because God's pouring out his spirit. It says right there in Joel chapter 2, it says he's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. No, he was talking to his people. Those that belong to him, he will pour his spirit out upon them. We got to understand this. We can't just sit down and try to interpret the Bible the way we want to interpret it. We got to read before it, read after it, find out what it means in the middle. But I like this part. He says, he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, this is showing us that the young generation, the sons and daughters, shall prophesy. They shall speak the word of God. And the old men and women shall dream dreams, and the younger shall see visions. Let me break this down for you. The sons and daughters will prophesy or put into action the dreams of the older seasoned saints. Because once the seasoned elders dream their dreams, they share it with the younger saints. And when the younger generation hears it, they begin to see and make it a vision. And once they get the vision, they'll write it down and then they'll run with it. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Okay, some of us are a little bit older. How many of us that can run just like we used to when we were younger? Put your hand down. You may be fast, but you ain't as fast as you was when you were 21. I dare, I dare some of y'all right now to go out. Let's race right now. There'll be five pulled hamstrings, a popped Achilles attendant, 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 attendant. Back injuries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I was talking to Bobby the other day. We was talking about hopping fences. You guys remember back when you was young, you could hop a fence. You wouldn't even think about just boom, over. Now you're grabbing the top of the fence. You got to scrape on the fence a couple of times. And hope to God you don't fall going the other side. See, it's older people that dream the dreams. And because we don't have the energy or the zeal to make the dream happen, we need the younger people to complete it. That's why the Bible says, without a vision, my people perish. The older people come up with the dreams. The younger people hear and see the vision. Then they write it down. Then they put it into action by speaking it, by declaring it, by prophesying. That makes the dream a reality. Without the dreams of the elders, there will never be a vision or prophesying. The work of the church doesn't just take strength and energy, even though I pray for it every day. I'd be like, Jesus, how you sleep all night and still wake up tired? It doesn't take just strength and energy. Most importantly, this is what it takes, wisdom. The wisdom that comes from experience. We used to say this when we were in the military. He says, listen, man, work smarter, not harder. Use wisdom when you work. Then you don't have to work as much. You guys ever watch young people try to do things? You're like, no, wait, stop, stop. 
do it like this. And see, when you tell, and, and this is the harder part about the young people, because young people don't give, to the, give in to the wisdom of the older people. All right. Now, now I'm really, I'm not preaching to you at this point. I'm talking to the young people at this point. See, they should listen to us. That way they don't have to go through all the mistakes that we did. Right? It's like, listen, son, I've been there. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. Mm-hmm. And I live to be old because I listened to my father. I may have bumped my head along the way, but I wouldn't have bumped my head so much if I would have listened more to my dad. <laughs> yeah, I hear it all the time, too, Marlon. I hear it all the time. I, but, you know, my sons, like, they just look at me like, I got one son that looks at me, and I know it. He doesn't say it, but I know what he's thinking. He's like, you made it this far? What makes you think I'm not going to make it that far? I said, you're right. You may not make it this far, but I can help you try to make it this far. It's just so hard when, as, as seasoned saints, we see these younger saints and they're doing stuff. And it's like, listen, let me show you. Let me tell you the way to righteousness and life. I can just imagine when Jesus looked at everybody, he said, listen, the words that I speak are spirit and life. I can imagine the frustration in his voice when he was speaking to people. Everybody always thinks Jesus talks like this. Brothers, we are here today. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't believe he always spoke like that. I really believe there was times he's like, oh, my. Yeah, oh, me. How long must I suffer with you? Ah. Watch this, you guys. Let me, let, me, let me get back into text. See, there's women in the Bible that show us an example of how we can serve God as we become seasoned. Somebody say seasoned. Mm, mm, can't wait till after church. All right, Luke chapter 2. This is really good, y'all. This is really good. Luke chapter 2, 36 to 38. This woman has been overlooked for years, but I, we're, we're not going to overlook her today because today we're going to see ourselves. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 through 38, it says, Now there was one. Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. She was seasoned. And had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. We have a hero named Anna that has been overlooked in the Bible. Now, people say she was 84 years old, but I just read just now because I think in my notes, it says she was 84, but as I read it, it says she was a widow for 84 years, which means she was close to being 100 years old. That's seasoned. That's smoked in the smokehouse season. 
like beef jerky season. You with me? 84 years, she was a widow. She was with her husband, I think it said seven years of her virginity. So the time from the time that she was able to conceive, she got married seven years after that, and then boom. So we're looking 13, 7, 20, 84, about 104 years old. And the Bible says she did not depart from the house of God. Now, does, does that mean she lived there? No, but what it means was she was there when the doors opened and there when the doors closed. She was in the house of God, and she served God with fasting and praying. 100 years old. She was a prophetess, which means she spoke the word of God. Now, can I back up just for some of you guys in here? The Bible states, and this is Luke, that she was a prophetess in the house of God, and she was a prophetess, which means she had to speak the word of God, which means she was proclaiming the word of God, which means she was preaching. That's just for some of you guys that don't think women should preach in the house of God. She was in the house of God preaching, prophesying. They called her a prophetess. It says she stayed in the church, would not leave. She served God with fasting and praying. She was an evangelist. She spoke to everybody that was looking for hope in Jerusalem. People that were looking for redemption. I'm here to ask you guys, how many of you guys are coming to church looking for some kind of hope? Looking for some kind of redemption? If you're not coming to church looking for redemption, if you're, not, if you're coming to church looking, not looking for hope, then you're, you're, what are you doing here? I'm a pastor. When I come to church, I'm still looking for hope. I got hope, but I want more hope. I'm redeemed, but I want to be redeemed even more. That's what I look for when I come. I'm looking to be encouraged. That's hope. I'm looking to be filled with this spirit. It's redemption. And she said she spoke, which means she encouraged all those that came. And I could probably guarantee you all those that came into the house of the Lord were a whole lot younger than her. I don't see, it doesn't say there was a woman, she was a prophetess, and she sat in the house of God wondering what the pastor could do for her, and put what position the pastor could put her in. Woo! At my last church, I served at, on the board of elders. No! It doesn't say any of that. It says that she just served God with fasting and praying and giving words of encouragement to those that were younger than her in the house of God. Where? In the house of God. Listen, as we get older, our importance doesn't fade. Our roles just change. We go from doers to directors. We go from players to prayers or to coaches. We go from students to being teachers. Our roles change. We don't get any less important. We become more important. Now, as I bring this to a close, the Apostle Paul gives us instructions to the older women of the church on how they can play their part. Titus 2, 3 through 5, it says this, it says also, teach the older women to live the way that those who serve the Lord should live. They should not go around saying bad things about others or be in the habit of drinking too much. 
They should teach what is good. By doing this, they will teach the younger women to love their husbands and children. They will teach them to be wise and pure, to take care of their homes, to be kind, and to be willing to serve their husbands. Then no one will be able to criticize the teaching God gave us. Woo! I wish my mother was here. See her. But matter of fact, you and my mom are the same age. You're needed. I can't say how much. I look at my mother and I tell my mom, I said, Mom, you don't realize how much you're needed. These young women need you. Then we'll step down. We got the next steps. Tonda, Bibi, Marco. without you guys. All of you guys that are in here, all of you ladies that are in here that are seasoned. Don, I didn't point at you because I don't want you to get, you're, we're, we're not seasoned yet. <sighs> We've just been sprinkled a little bit. we got to sit in the refrigerator a little bit longer. Ladies, you're needed because there's women in here that were never trained and they were never taught. They've had great mothers. I'm not taking anything away from their moms, but this is not about just the home. This is about serving Christ. The mothers of the church have gone away. Where are they? I look around and I'm like, who's going to correct these young ladies? I can't do it. Because one, I'm a man. My wife, She's young. Jenny, they're young. Who's going to look at these young? No, honey, don't, don't walk like that. Don't dress like that. Don't, don't talk like that. See, when you're, when you're seasoned, they can, they can receive from you. Because they're not looking here, they're looking here. I, I, I as a pastor, I give you permission to speak into their lives. Just t- treat them like they're your own daughters. Love on them. Love on them. Now, that doesn't excuse us men because there's a role that we should be playing. Men, listen to me. We should be fathering some of these young, zealous men that are in here. Many of them grew up without a dad. Can I get an amen? If they're fatherless, they don't have any idea what it means to submit to a male authority. You want to know why we have so much problems right now with people uh, coming against authority out in the world? Because they grew up without authority in the home. Anytime a man corrects another man, I'm, I'm telling you as a pastor, I've had somebody tell me literally who is surrendering his life to Christ. I was correcting him. I was chastising him for some of his actions. And he looked at me and he held his head down. He goes, this is hard for me. I said, no, I know it's hard. He goes, no, you don't understand. Because anytime a man spoke to me like that, we'd be fighting. Because the only person that's ever corrected me or talked to me like that was a woman, my mother. I didn't have a dad in my life. Matter of fact, I grew up because my dad wasn't there, so now I didn't like authority because most authority comes from men. It's funny because I would talk to this person, I'd be like, I'd get mad at him, and they'd just brush it off. But let my wife get mad at him, 
could see the difference. So we need to start training these young men. It's like, look, man, they got a lot of energy. We need to bring them in. No, slow down. Talk to them like we talk to our own sons. I can't father all these men. I, 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 I want to be their father, but that's why you're here. You guys in here, grab somebody. You see him running around. You, if you see him with another man, that doesn't mean you got to back away. Be the extra help. Nothing wrong with having about four father figures. We need you. Titus 2, 6 through 8, it says, in the same way, tell the young men to be wise. You should be an example for them in every way by the good things you do. When you teach, be honest and serious. And your teaching should be clearly right so that you cannot be criticized. Then anyone who is against you will be ashamed. There will not be anything bad they can say about us. Listen, if you guys want to make a difference, make sure you stay planted in the house of God. Stay planted. When you get planted in the house of God, you'll start to see who needs what. When you start to see who needs what, then you can start stepping in and making that difference because we're seasoned. We want to see these young people take off with the church because, listen, the future of this church, in order for it to be greater than the past, it's going to take us seasoned Christians to train up these young people so that when they're older, they can turn around and train up the next generation. If we don't play our part, if we just sit back and watch them run the church, the church will die. To make the difference, you have to be planted. Psalms 92, 13 through 14. It says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. Oh, hallelujah. They shall not, I mean, they shall be fat and flourishing. That's only if you're planted. You guys know King David. He knew that God used him very mightily as a young man. Now, you know, he slayed bears, he slayed lions, giants, he slayed nations. But he was no longer young and able to do these things. This is what he said. Psalm 71, 17 through 18. He says, oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed or bald-headed, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Do you understand that? David was used as a young man. He did things we, that, that they're, they're copying on, on sci-fi movies. He did all these things, but he got old. And he says, you know what? I can't do that stuff no more, but there's one thing that's going to happen when I'm gray-headed, barely able to move. I will declare your wonderful works to this generation, the young generation. I will declare your works and your mighty deeds. And to everyone who comes. Those that are up and coming, those that are here, those that are in this now generation, we should be declaring God's wonderful works and his faithfulness 
so that they will be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.